Hi. Hi. Before this starts, I need to tell you something. This is not edited. I say it is. I make remarks like it is, but it isn't. You will catch me repeating myself over and over and over again because I thought I could just cut to the best take. I cough. I inhale deeply. It sounds disgusting. But here's the thing. I don't have an editing software. There is an editing software on Anchor you can use, but it is fucking impossible to use when your recording is more than a minute long. It is, it's so laggy and slow and my laptop will, cannot handle it and I cannot handle it and I do not have the patience for it because if I used it, I would never get a video out. So this is unedited. You will hear me a lot. You will hear me cough. You will hear me stutter and have to repeat myself about 50,000 fucking times because, hey, that's how it is. I am poor. I have literally no budget for this. I have a laptop, a charger, a microphone, and a piece of gum. That is what I... Not a piece of gum. Sorry. I have eight pieces of gum, if that makes a difference. That's what I'm doing with this, and that's what I'm going to continue doing. It's bad. It's like, it's really, it's not edited. It is poorly... The quality of this is literally... It's really low. Like... um. So on Twitter, I saw a tweet talking about the show first kill, and this person said, Netflix gave us fruit stack, fruit snacks and $10, or they gave us $10 in fruit snacks. I don't know, but basically talking about their budget, of how they had nothing, but they put their heart and soul into it anyway. That's my goal with this podcast. I have absolutely nothing to work with, but I'm going to do the best I can. It's my mind. It's my voice. It is my brain. It is, it is my heart. It is what I want it to be, and it is me and a free podcast website and a microphone, and it's us against the world. That is that is what this is. It is us against the world. And we're going to see what comes of this. I hope it's good. I really do. I hope it's nothing horrible. And I hope it turns out amazing. Um, and if it is horrible, well, you can't say I didn't warn you. So let's actually get into the inaugural. I guess, well, this is not the inaugural episode of the original show. This is just the, um, if you think about it, I don't know if any of you guys listen to Dead Meat, but Dead Meat did about a 30-minute episode where of their podcast where they just talked about horror movies and what they want their podcast to be in their channel. And that's what this is. Except it's not 30 minutes, it's about an hour and I go on tangents about video games and movies I love and a fucking book I'm reading for high school. I literally start telling you about my summer work for high school that I have to do. That's what I start doing in this podcast. I start fidgeting. I tell you about my ADHD and my ADHD meds. Why? I don't know. I just do. I tell you personal things. Not personal things. But I start telling you things that happened to me like three fucking years ago. Because I can't not stop. I can't stop talking ever. And I tell you how. But in, in general, let's just, let's just, this is unedited. So I can't, I can't rant this long. My goal with this podcast is to tell you about movies and shows and video games I love. This is a very subjective podcast. I am going to be analyzing and telling you why I love things, why I hate things, my gripes with them, my love for them, characters I like, characters I hate, lazy writing, like all of that. That's my goal with this. It's just to rant about it because here's the thing. I do this anyway. Whether I have this podcast or not, I literally will write paragraphs on paragraphs, words upon words, essays upon essays, and text messages and send them to my friends of, hey, here's why I love this movie. I love this little character in this video game, and here's why. So this is, I just hit a watch. This is just me doing that. That's literally all this podcast is, is me ranting to you like you're my friend, and I'm DMing you on, like, Instagram or Discord or iOS. I don't fuck. I use everything because I'm a fucking loser. Like, 
that is it. I should literally make that description of this podcast. Like, I have one currently, but I might change it to, I don't know what I'm doing. This was meant to be a, about a 60-second long thing telling you about how this is unedited, but it's, it's turned into something more. Because I don't know how to stop talking, and I do address that in this. But since it is unedited, that is significantly worse. Now, maybe this bit will be a little bit edited because it's short, but I doubt it. I Actually, no, fuck it. We are embracing the rawness of this podcast. I will not be editing it at all. None of it. Until I get, until I get a soundboard or editing software, not doing that. Nope, not at all. So, I'm getting a text from a friend. I'll read it in a minute. But yeah, that this is, this is a podcast. Listen to it. You can hate it. You can love it. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm doing it anyway. So, yeah. That's, here's a five minute fucking intro to tell you about this fucking show. I was saying this is going to be the inaugural, oh, now I remember why I started the rant. And I'm, I'm not even done. I'm still talking. I literally hate myself. God, I wish I could edit this. I would edit so much of this out. I'm getting so many text messages you can hear. I'm just going off. That's another thing. I think I already mentioned this. I'm a little sick. I'm going to mention it more. I'm going to be coughing. It's gross. We don't... It's it's nasty, but... My phone is going off insane. Oh my god. I'll read them in a minute. Um, This is not the inaugural episode. This is a get-to-know-me episode introduction to the podcast that just happens to be an hour long. Probably longer than the majority of the episodes. Actually, that's a lie. I say I'm going to have these episodes around 40 minutes. They're going to be like three fucking hours because I don't know how to shut up. Which is elaborate in this. This was meant to be 60 seconds. We are nearing six minutes. And I'm not going to re-record it. We are embracing that. I already said that. The inaugural episode will be the first episode, which I maybe already said what it will be in this, but I will definitely say it in the next 10 minutes or so. So, you know, if you're still listening to this after these six minutes and you have not skipped them, you're, first of all, you're insane. Second of all, thank you. Third of all, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's it. Just listen to this and don't hate me. Hello. Hi. Um, this is the original show, and this is the first episode, I guess, kind of. I'm not covering a topic, I'm just kind of introducing what this show is and what I want it to be and my goals with it and all of that good stuff, I guess. Um, first thing, I'm going to read the description of the show, which it's not good, but let me find it. Hold on. Podcast update settings. There we go. Um, let's, yeah, this is a one person podcast. Fair warning. I sit, I talk, I act smarter than I actually am. And I say things you've heard before. Nothing makes me different than any other podcast or YouTube video or whatever you've listened to. I am not original. In this podcast, I analyze movies, video games, TV shows, and whatever else pleases me. Sometimes I may just sit and talk. I may do a commentary track on a movie. I may do absolutely nothing. That's it. So buckle up and try to endure. I wrote that in about 10 minutes on a Friday night, so that tells you. Maybe it was a Saturday night. I think it was a Saturday night. Friday night, I was sleeping. Sunday night, I was watching a movie, so. Today is Monday, June 6, 2022. Basically, my goal with what I'm doing right now is just to introduce what I want this to be and my plans for the future with it and how I'm going to work and how I function and my, my, my fears with it, my gripes with it everything um this is unscripted this episode i'm going to try to use a script for everything 
as much as I can. I'm also trying to figure out how do you write a script for a video essay? <coughs> that was a cough. I'm a little sick right now. I might edit that cough out. I might not. I really don't know. If it sounds weird editing it out, I won't. I'm not gonna. I'm decided now. I'm not gonna. I'm a little sick right now. I mean, not like a lot. So if I sound weird, or if I have to like, if I have to do what I just did, which I probably will edit out, is like pause because I feel sick. Talking about it makes it worse. I feel like I'm about to throw up. That's really weird. Like, it's psychosomatic to a certain extent. Like, it's literally just sinus drainage. Like, my throat is sore, and I took a Claritin, and I've been drinking hot coffee all day. I hopefully will be fine by the time I record the first podcast, which will probably be around 40 minutes to an hour, maybe. I really don't know. But, like, back to what I was saying, like, I'm trying to figure out how to write a script for a video essay because I feel like most of the people that I've watched do have scripts for sure but it doesn't it feels very organic it doesn't feel like they're reading verbatim from a script their jokes come out naturally it feels like they have certain points and quotes and like things they want to say written down but then they add their own twists and takes that make it original and feel like I'm watching someone actually talk about something then I'm watching someone read a script and I'm trying to emulate that but at the same time I feel if I allow myself to have too much freedom, I will get off task, off topic, and it will be a hot mess to edit and upload, and every episode will be three hours long, even though I could be discussing a topic that can be summed up in 10 minutes. And I don't want that. Part of the reason is because I do have, like, ADHD, and when I film these and write these, I will be on my medication. Um, uh, I take, my dose is higher now, so hopefully that'll help. I went from 10 milligrams now to 20 milligrams. See if that does anything. Um... I'm on it at the second, and it, I feel like it did help me be productive with schoolwork, because I'm having to read Lord of the Flies for school right now, and I have to annotate the book, and I finished the first chapter, and of course I had to do the the typical, the stereotypical, like, ADHD thing, if I'm listening to an audiobook on 2x speed whilst reading the book, and then pausing when I need to annotate, and I'm writing these paragraph-long annotations, analyzing the characters, and being like, this guy sucks, because he doesn't respect this guy, like, basically, I'll just, I'll tell you what I've come to realize my opinion my take on the book and these characters ralph is the main character and i don't like him he um he's he's presented as this like this fair boy and you're supposed to root for him and he protects people he takes care of people like well no i'm adding more onto him that's actually been stated but that's the vibe i feel william golding was trying to give with ralph and it's not delivering like, it's not, it's not landing for a couple of reasons. And maybe I'm misinterpreting what's happening. And maybe that was William Golding's intent of this is what Ralph thinks he is, but this is what he actually is. The character Piggy, um, he's envious of Ralph. He wishes he was Ralph, which is why he mindlessly follows him throughout the first chapter, because he wishes he was Ralph, right? And so Ralph, like... You know, Piggy is like, I don't care what people call me as long as they don't call me Piggy because that's what they call me back home. Um, and Ralph calls him Piggy. He's like, okay, just don't tell anyone to call me that. I don't want to be called that. Everyone else then shows up and Jack calls Piggy Fatty. And Ralph is like, his name is Piggy, not Fatty. Don't call him Fatty. His name is Piggy. Which is like, okay, he's defending his honor but not really, because he said, I do not want them to call me Piggy, 
I don't care what they call me as long as it is not Piggy. And then he literally stands up and says, his name is Piggy. Do not call him anything other than Piggy. Which is very hypocritical. Especially since Piggy is probably no different than Fatty. Which Ralph then goes on longer to, later to say is like, Piggy is better than Fatty. Is it though? Because they probably mean the exact same thing and have the exact same connotation. He was probably called that as a way of bullying him back home. That has not been stated, but that I'm pretty sure that was it. Unless it was something like that was a family nickname and he didn't like being called that. But nonetheless, I'm pretty sure people called that because he was fat and they don't like that. You know, fat phobia in the 50s. I mean, that's not even a thing that is like just specific to the 50s. People are like that now and they always will be because they refuse to change and realize, hey, fat people are humans too. They just look different. Wow. I know. It's insane dude love it so yeah jack doesn't listen he doesn't and like i think another reason he doesn't respect piggy he doesn't respect him because he didn't listen to him you know so it's just like fuck you like i hate jack dude i'm drinking coffee to help with my throat and it's cold i just warmed it up and it's cold again i love that you know, so basically with this podcast, we're going to get back on track instead of me ranting about Lord of the Flies, which I think since I'm going to be doing this a lot this summer and probably not a lot when the school year starts, starts back, I might be writing slowly. And if I do decide to do this continually and annually, the summer, there will be videos somewhat consistent. I'm thinking I might get like five out this summer. Um, That's the goal, at least to see it five out. If I stay committed and I do enjoy it. But during the school year, that probably will not be the case. Because um, I just won't have free time. And I'll be so caught up in school and doing work that it won't work out that way. But one thing that will be for sure, I will be doing the school year. I won't be sharing it. And I won't be writing scripts. And I won't be recording. But I will be watching media and I will be overanalyzing it in my head to the point where it is not the author's original intent. And it really... It doesn't make sense, but, you know, that's that. I'm, that's kind of all I do is I just, like, I will watch something and I will make more of it than what is actually meant. But to me, that is the beauty of it. That is the beauty of art, is that you can add so much more to it than what was originally intended. And it can make something more meaningful and more valuable and more beautiful to you because art is subjective. It always will be and it always has been. There is no such thing as objectively bad art and objectively good art. Now, of course, well, that's not true. There is to a certain extent. There is what society deems socially good, like not so, well, socially acceptable, but like it's what they deem good and what they deem bad. And you can be like, well, like with music, it's like, well, I can tell this is bad music because it does not have a consistent beat, a consistent rhythm. It is off key. It is out of tune. You know, you can do that but at the same time you can also argue that this objectively bad thing can also be good this objectively bad thing can have a good point subjectively you can argue that an objectively good thing can have a subjectively bad point and can subjectively be bad so objectivity you know it works but and it does exist but I would always trust someone's subjectivity over someone's objectivity, if that makes sense. Like, I would much rather hear how much someone loves something than how awful they think it is. 
and I also think like like this okay so I want to say something really quickly I'm gonna have to rewind a whole lot uh I mentioned I have ADHD I listen I've started like very recently that was a very deep (coughs) I will be editing that entire thing out that was awful I just started I inhaled very deeply and it was very gross and then I started coughing was not fun but basically recently I started listening to a video essayist on YouTube called CJDX and CJ's channel is very ADHD friendly like everyone points it out in the comments they talk very fast and it's very it's very fast paced while these may be 40 minute videos you kind of go time blind because you know they're talking incredibly fast and are moving at an insane pace but it is still understandable especially to the ADHD mind and I'm going to try to emulate that to my best of my ability while still sounding while still like not trying to be something I'm not and like just sounding awful but I'm going to try to emulate that to the best of my ability to not one try to force myself to be different than I actually am like talk slower but also not make myself talk faster than I actually do to the point where I do not make any sense you know and I'm going to try to emulate that with my channel and I'm trying to find a way to fit that into script writing and like what I'm trying to do and all of this stuff what was I even saying before that they said I'll go back to this and now I can't remember what it was um what was I talking about I was talking about objectivity and subjectivity I know that but CJ the X has a video I remember how CJ the X has a video on objectivity right and in one of those videos, in, in that video, sorry, it talks about The Last Jedi and The Last of Us. You can't say those are objectively bad. Because they're not objective, especially The Last of Us Part 2, which I have played The Last of Us Part 2. That game is beautifully and wonderfully made. Now, I love the game, but I do have a lot of complaints and issues with it that I think that these writers... So, the game is written by these straight, cis, white people, right? Who, for some reason, think they perfectly understand the struggles of trans characters and queer characters. And it, it is not what you want in representation. For example, Ellie, in one scene, is called a slur. And it's like, you're hoping that somehow, you're, pl- you're playing this game for escapism, right? You do not want to see a character get called a slur. When she's on a cute, like, I guess, date with her soon-to-be girlfriend, right? But Neil Druckmann, his point was, we wanted to show the bigotry still exists in this world. Well, okay, I get what you're saying, but most people playing this game are playing it for escapism and for the story of these characters and the love they have for each other in this, like, family or whatever, in these relationships that are being built. So... It just, it doesn't, I I get it, I guess. I don't like that. I don't think having to show that bigotry exists in your fantasy world, still exists in your, like, fantasy world, is necessarily relevant to your story, and it is not a necessary detail. Same thing with Lev, who gets dead named all throughout the entirety of the game. Is not a necessary detail. As much as they argue it is, it isn't, you know, because like showing this bigotry still exists. These people do not accept his trans identity. It doesn't matter that if they do, like if they don't, 
People are playing a game to escape. The last thing they are probably wanting to do is playing this character who has a familiar bond with Lev and then having to watch him literally his entire identity get invalidated and him to be called a name that is not his and for people to not respect him. That is not what you're wanting to see at 5 a.m. when you're playing this game. You're not wanting to see Ellie, a character you have rooted for for like 10 years. Not 10 years. When the game came out, it had been like, what, seven years? Okay, so like for like seven years, you've been rooting for this character and you've been watching her grow up and you've been watching the people she loved and you've been watching what she went through. You're not wanting to see her get hate-crimed. Like literally hate-crimed. You're not wanting to see that. You want to see her be happy, which of course that is not a happy game, so you can't really necessarily use that viewpoint, but there is a difference between a fictional character's death, right, than the actual reality that is homophobia and transphobia, you know? Like, including that in your art is not necessary as much as you may think it is, and the thing is, the thing that, the thing that makes it stand out the most is that they were fighting for how necessary it is whilst they are literally straight cis writers let me let me double check is neil Druckmann feminist no straight um well he's married to a woman doesn't mean anything but i'm pretty sure he is and i'm pretty sure Haley gross is as well i will google is Haley gross straight Well, it doesn't say. Is it Haley or Hallie? I don't really care. <coughs> Whatever. I don't know. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Because even if it was a queer writer, of course, there would there, you would approach it differently. But still, I personally believe it is an unnecessary detail that should not have been included. I don't even know how I got on this rant. We were talking about objectivity. I was talking about my gripes with the game and how that is probably my biggest one. The Last of Us, gameplay-wise, is a fun game to play, but it's not fun emotionally. Well, actually... Hmm. Let me think about that. It is definitely not fun emotionally on Ellie's side and not a whole lot on Abby's side. Which, then again, the first game is not fun emotionally. But I would say the first game and Abby's side of the second game are probably more emotionally fun than Ellie's. Because Ellie, she doesn't get a happy ending. You watch her be eaten alive by her need for revenge and anger and guilt, right? And at the end of it, that anger and revenge and and need for revenge and guilt is still eating her alive to the point where she loses her family that she has built right she builds she had a family built for her in the first game in joel and tommy and maria maria is her name maria is that tommy's wife maria i think it is and like she found family in these people and she made friends throughout like in between the first and second game friends who die Right, and then Joel, her father, is killed in front of her, and she needs, she has this need uh, for revenge. Right, the same revenge that Abby went on before the second game, 
and like in the beginning of the game. And it shows you playing through Abby's side of that didn't help anything. She still misses her dad. She still has issues with her friends and her family. And she killed a man. That's it. She traumatized. And she put another girl in her position, another person in her position that she was previously in. Right? She realizes, which I'm not justifying what she did by any means. It was wrong. But she realizes, hey, I shouldn't have done that. Because it didn't fix anything. And that's the whole point of the story. And Ellie, I don't, I mean, I can't remember, I don't know if she even realizes that at the end of the game. She just let Abby go. Because Abby had built a relationship with Lev. A brother-sister-like relationship. Older sibling, kid sibling type relationship. That a familiar, like a, a familial bond. Right? And Ellie saw that. And she had a familial bond with Joel. With Jesse, with Tommy, with Dina, all of these people, they were her family. And she doesn't have that anymore because this revenge has been eating her alive. And the last thing she, I think she decided she wants to do is take a family away from someone else, you know? And, but the thing is, she, she realizes that too late. Her girlfriend, wife, fiance, I don't really know, her partner, her spouse, leaves her with her son. Like, leaves with the son that she has helped raise for two years, however long he's been alive. And her dad is dead. Her friends are dead. Her uncle, his eye was, like, shot out. And he is also being eaten by this revenge. The same revenge she's being eaten up by, you know? And so it kind of shows that it didn't get them anywhere. They got nothing out of it. And it's, that's the whole point of that game, is that anger and revenge gets you nowhere. But love and family and all of that will. And it's kind of weird to say that that's kind of the message of that game. When you're murdering people, you're murdering dogs, you are killing people's friends and family throughout. You kill a pregnant woman at one point. Like, it's not, that is not the message you would think is like the moral of that story, but it is. And I think a lot of people didn't, I think a lot of people, when they saw the leaks, and then the second Joel was killed, instantly dismissed the story because, oh, I got a text from my mother. Let's read it. Let's read it. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Um, They instantly dismissed it. And... I can understand that to a certain extent, but I think to the extent the hatred for the game went is awful. Not liking the game and then sending death threats to a woman and threatening to kill her son and her husband is not what you think it is. It's not this statement you believe it is. Like, Laura Bailey did not warrant any of that. She agreed to play a complex character that does bad things. And she got death threats. You know, Ashley Johnson did the exact same thing, but since her character is the quote-unquote hero and protagonist, didn't get that. Troy Baker, whose character does the exact same thing as both of those, got none of that because he is the quote-unquote hero and protagonist. I'm not saying they don't get hate, but I'm saying to the I'm saying Troy Baker specifically does not get the same amount of hate as those two women do 
be it male privilege, be it whatever, he doesn't, you know, and that is wrong. I'm not saying he deserves hate, but I'm, I'm, I am saying that Laura Bailey did not deserve the threats and the, um, uh, the threats to kill her family for killing a fictional character in a video game. Like, that's wrong. There is no, that is not a subjective statement. That is not an objective. That is a fact. You don't threaten to kill people because you don't like their character. That, yeah. I love The Last of Us, and I just went on a 10-minute rant about it for some reason. I don't know why, but that's kind of... I might do a video on The Last of Us. I might. I might do a video because I played... So, Quarantine Hits. I think April or May of 2020. I start playing The Last of Us. I play it nonstop. I catch myself staying up to 4 a.m. playing this game, which is something I had never done before. Well, that's a lie. Actually, that's a lie. I take it back. I did that with Uncharted. But that was it. I'd never done that with a game. I don't... And it was on accident. I just found myself staying up late. I I didn't play video games a lot. Like, I had a PS4, and I played video games when I had free time. And quarantine allowed a lot of free time. And I just found myself just staying up super late and playing these games. Because I love them, and I love the story, right? Well, second game comes out, like, a month after I beat the first one. And I've replayed the first one so many times. I go to my mom, and I say, hey, mother... I will give you $60 if you let me use your credit card to pre-order this game. I pre-order the game, right? And I just keep replaying the first one, and I watch all the trailers that come out for the second one, all the commercials, I, all of it. I am in, I, I look at, I, I was into this game, right? Well, I had to go on a church camp my mom wanted me to go on. And I think we got back from the camp either the 19th or the 20th, and the game came out the 19th. Um, I get back and actually hold on. Let's do a little, let's find out the day I came back. Because <laughs> I can find out via Discord. Because I sent I remember sending my friend a message on Discord, like, hey, I'm back from this stupid trip. Um let's go June 2020. During June 2020. No. There we go. Okay, well, actually, I don't know how to work Discord. During, no, not before, during, let's just scroll through all these dates. June Yeah, I think we came back June 20th. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was it. Like, was on Discord. Texted my friend June 20th. Hey, I'm back from this trip. A lot of other stuff had happened, but we're not going to go into that. And I think I started playing the game that night. Oh, that is my alarm. 
to eat lunch. I have a schedule sort of kind of set up that I'm going to try to follow because I have summer work for the summer and I want to make sure I do that work while also having free time and maybe exercising and eating food on a normal basis instead of just not eating and then eating at 4 a.m. because I'm starving. I do that. It's really weird. I don't know. But with my ADHD meds, I'm going to see how that affects me. I'm going to be drinking a lot of water and I'm going to be eating no food. But maybe I'll be focused. That's all that matters. That's such a fucked up thing to say. But basically, I played that game, and the second one literally destroyed me. I remember, I don't think I had ever cried during a video game. But beating that game at like 5 fucking a.m. It was like 5 a.m. when I beat the game. (coughs) And getting that trophy, and seeing the whole background change to the beach, I like just sat there, and I felt so many emotions to the point where I felt numb. But if I remember right, I don't think I cried. I can't remember if I cried when I beat the game, but wait, or did I just, I can't remember if it was the first time or the second time I played it, but all I remember is beating that game and that last scene with Joel and Ellie on the porch, I just sobbed. I just sobbed so hard. And like TV shows have made me cry since the beginning of time. Movies have made me cry pretty much, but books and video games had never really made me cry because they were a form of media that I am not exposed to as much as I am exposed to, to, you know, TVs and movies because TVs and movies are more accessible and they're easier to do than read or play a video game. And so I think the first book that ever made me just sob my fucking eyes out was Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And I would say the first video game to ever make me cry was The Last of Us Part Two. And I think replaying the first game, I got to the end and I just cried. Because it's just, I don't know why. And it's like, everyone's like, this is such an emotional story, which it is definitely an emotional story. But but there was something about it of just like that bond they have. And it was taken away from them. And like, it is a beautiful story about grief and love and family and, and, and anger and revenge and letting it consume you. And that is the most human emotion that everyone feels. It is the most human way of being a human, if that makes any sort of sense. And this game is about zombies. It's about fucking, it's a zombie apocalypse. It is the walking dead on steroids. And the walking dead makes me cry like a little bitch. It literally does. I love the walking dead so much. I probably will do an episode on it in the future. I love the walking dead. Of course, I have a lot of gripes with it as I have gripes with the last of us. But it has made me cry on multiple occasions so hard. And I love these characters so much. And it is such a good story. And they are fighting fucking zombies. Right? And I, I love it. You know? I really do. And, yeah. I guess I should actually start talking about the actual podcast and not just ranting. Which is why, this is why I'm going to need a script for everything. Because I'm almost hitting the 30 minute mark soon. Well, for me recording, it probably won't be that much for viewers viewers no one is listening to this like no if anyone is thank you um i'm sorry for you but you know if you listen this far even that is pretty impressive um i literally have one friend i'll probably send this to like hey i made a podcast because like i already told my friend yesterday like hey i'm making a podcast because i just fucking want to and i want something to do during the summer i want a hobby and i will send this so yeah I'm going to actually start talking about my show and my plans because I'm actually in the middle of writing the script for the first episode and like what I want to say. Okay. Okay. (coughs) Okay. So uh, my first episode is going to be on, it's June 6th. What big Netflix show just released a new season? 
Stranger Things. My first episode is going to be on Stranger Things. Who would have thunk it? Um, I'm going to try to, like, divide my episodes into... What the fuck just fell? Sorry. I'm going to try to divide my episode into different parts. Like, I think with Stranger Things, I'm going to hit... I'm going to compare it to the show The Wilds. Trust me, I have an idea with that. The Wilds and Stranger Things are vastly different shows for vastly different audiences. But they have similarities in the way they are written in their continuity eras. And the character Billy is very similar to the character Kieran. In the fact, I hate them both, but they get... For one, the writers make them seem better than they actually are and forgive their actions without any sort of um, apologies or um, (laughs) repentance. They're not religious. What the fuck am I saying? Like... They don't do anything to redeem themselves besides the bare minimum. Now, of course, Billy did sacrifice himself, but that doesn't absolve him, absolve him of the fact that he is abusive and he is racist. Kieran, in the wild, defends Josh, right? The bare fucking minimum. He defends a, sexually, a, sex, uh, a sexual assault victim. Wow. Bare minimum, right? That does not absolve him of his homophobia and his racism and his fucking ego that just annoys me his ego is very different than the other two things and like he bystands and allows and kind of encourages he doesn't encourage but like he kind of allows and incites josh to be fucking like a dick to bow like fat phobia not fun we i already went on a rant about we don't support that that's not a way to treat other human beings call me a snowflake i don't care i do not care um, that's another thing. If you are listening to this and you haven't, you don't like anything I've said, just leave. Like, you don't need to keep, just go. If you don't think, you know, homophobia, not homophobia, if you don't think fat phobia is like a real thing and that it's not very prevalent in the wilds and Lord of the Flies, you can just leave. Okay? Just get away from, because like, of course it's prevalent in Lord of the Flies. Piggy's entire personality, for at least the first chapter, which is all I've read, is just that he's fat and he wears glasses, and that he's a loser. I'm, like, throwing this watch everywhere. I'm, like, making so much background noise that I should not. Like, that's this whole fucking thing. Whatever. And then another thing I was going to talk about with Stranger Things that I'm currently writing right now. I need to slow down. Let me just restate that whole thing. Another thing... (coughs) Another thing I'm currently uh, writing for the script of Stranger Things that I'm going to include for the episode is that it is a perfect box of nostalgia for older audiences. I'm using the word older. I mean 30 and 40 year olds. But like, I'm saying that because I'm trying to compare the way they watch the show to the way like teenagers are watching the show. Because I would say Stranger Things is targeted to teenagers and older. I First time I watched the show, I was like fucking 12. I don't remember how old I was. Um, which, you know, maybe I wasn't the target audience, but I fucking enjoyed that shit. But it works as a perfect box of nostalgia for people of the 30, 40, 50, maybe older age bracket. Because not only is it the 80s, not only is it young, it's kids in the 80s. These people were kids in the 80s. But also, people miss being young. Youth is fleeting. It is something you cannot get back. Once you lose it, there is no chance of being young again. Like, that is a fear 
the fear of getting old is something that is prevalent all throughout the world and in media. I mean, these are vastly different titles that I am going to mention in the episode and kind of elaborate on, but the movie Tangled and the movie X both elaborate on that fear of getting old, of not being young, right? And I think Stranger Things, in a way, directly or indirectly, uses that fear, that that longingness for youth to be young again in these older audiences by showing them, hey, these characters are young, they are likable, they are compelling, they are relatable, and not only are they young, they are young when you were young. They are you. They are you as a child. And I think that's really cool. I think that's good. And also, I just want to talk about my love for the show. Um, I'm on the fourth... Sorry. I'm going to... What the fuck am I trying to say? I'm going to be mostly talking about the fourth season because, one, that's the season I remember the best because it just came out. I have seen the entire show at least three or four times, but I'm not going to rewatch it. You know why I'm not going to rewatch it? Because I don't want to. But that's that. And then two other things that I probably... Two other things that will Okay, I'm thinking I'm done having to feel like I have to puke. Two other things that will probably be topics is ironically Top Gun Maverick. Because I saw that movie yesterday and it was so fucking good. And it almost made me cry. And I just felt like it perfectly betrayed this feeling of grief. And I loved it. You know, like, I, I actually, I've seen reviews for the movie, and people were like, it's like the first movie, but if it was good. And I'm like, huh. It was a sequel that was 30 fucking years in the making, and it paid off. To, like, not get into spoilers. This is, like, kind of a spoiler. It's iffy. It's the plot of the movie, in my opinion. To give you, a, this would be the synopsis of the movie. In my opinion. Because Top Gun is very homoerotic, let me say that. Top Gun Maverick is about a gay pilot grieving the death of his husband 30 years later whilst trying to rebuild an estranged relationship with his dead husband's son. Right? And let me just say, I think that movie should be sold like that. I think that movie should be viewed, not like, oh, plane go fly, fly fast, 80s music, Kenny Loggins, Lady Gaga, like, no. Like, it is a movie about grief, and it is beautiful in that regard. I fucking love it, you know? It is, and it is beautiful, and I I almost cried in the theater, and I just, I love it, man. And I love how it's, I love how Maverick is still grieving the loss of his best gay friend 30 years later. Like, it's been, like, 35 years, 30 years. I don't know, man. And that's just... I love that. Like, I really, truly do. So I will be doing an episode on Top Gun Maverick. And I will also be talking about other movies that I think are about grief and about family and about love. That are movies that, like Top Gun Maverick, you wouldn't expect. (laughs) Um, Life as we know it is a rom-com, but it is the saddest movie I probably have ever seen in my entire life. For people who do not know, it is about these two people who do not like each other. The guy is best friends with this other dude, and this dude is dating this girl, and she has a best friend, right? 
and the best friend is Catherine Heigl, and then the other dude's best friend is, like, Josh Dumail, or I don't know how the fuck I say his last name. They hate each other. They fucking despise each other. But they learn how to get along with each other decently for short periods of time because their best friends are married, and these best friends have a kid. <coughs> well, these best friends they have get in a car crash, and they die. And they wrote in their will that their two best friends that can't stand each other would be the one who gets custody of their child because they know them two would be able to show them the most love and the most care that ever because that's their best friends and they love them and they know who they are. And of course, these two people who hate each other, they do fall in love. But I think in reality that that movie, it's just about these people learning to overcome their grief and raise a child together and start a family in a very unconventional way, but still showing that it is still valid and it's beautiful to me, and I love that movie, and it made me cry. And then, like, Instant Family, which I have not seen since I saw it in theaters, but is another movie about family, and it is about grief, and it is about loss, and it is about just pain, and learning to endure and overcome that pain with the people you have around you. It's, a, like, these movies about, like, creating a family. La the Last of Us is about creating a family, in a way. Top Gun Maverick is about rebuilding your family. And then Uptown Girls is, I would say, it is a movie that has like a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. I love the movie. I need to rewatch it. I have it on DVD. It's in my shed somewhere. Um, Brittany Murphy, Dakota Fanning? I think it's Dakota, not L. Let me double check. It is a 2003 film starring Dakota Fanning and Brittany Murphy. Yeah, it is. It is a movie. That's such a weird way of saying it. Um, but I think the thing that stood out to me the most is that it has this seven-year-old girl who is trying so hard and so desperately to be an adult because her father is brain dead. And she is trying not to feel that pain so she doesn't have to grieve him. So she doesn't necessarily have to lose him if she pretends he was never there. And that he is a vegetable and he is useless and he means nothing to her. In a way. I gotta rewatch the movie because I may be vastly wrong about that. And Brittany Murphy, her character, is about 26 years old. Her parents died when she was that girl's age and she has never grieved them. She has not grieved the loss of them. Ever. They have been dead for about 20 years and she hasn't felt that pain properly no one has taken care of her and they bond over that and uh, Brittany Murphy's character in my opinion uh has mental illness she dissociates and she doesn't feel her pain she talks about getting on teacups and spinning in circles so she could just forget everything she literally tries to kill herself at one point in the movie right I love that movie and these are chick flicks these are rom-coms these are family movies these are comedies these are the bottom of the bucket, right? As you would put for like stereotypically, it's like you would put movies, but they are beautiful, and I might talk about them. I like how I just went on this rant when I was saying Top Gun Maverick will be a future topic, because it will be a future topic. It will be okay. It'll probably be the second episode after Stranger. It'll probably be like. So I'm gonna do Stranger Things. I'm gonna bomb. I'm about to vomit. I'm going to do Stranger Things Volume 1. Stranger, like, Stranger Things Season 4 Volume 1. Like, the entire show and then, like, Volume 4. 
Volume 4, oh my god. <laughs> Let me restate this entire thought. I'm going to do basically Stranger Things in its entirety, and then the first volume of Season 4, and then Top Gun Maverick, and then this new show coming out literally Friday called First Kill. It is a sapphic vampire love story. I don't watch vampires. I have never seen The Vampire Diaries. I, I've only seen the first Twilight. I've seen none of that shit. But I'm excited for First Kill because it is queer, it is sapphic, it is lesbian. And I love that. Especially since it's Pride Month, bro. It is June 6th. That show comes out, what, June? It comes out June 10th. I'm going to pull an all-nighter. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to rewatch it. I'm going to take notes. I'm going to start writing a script. In about two weeks, I'm gonna, my goal is to be like two weeks after the season is released, I'm going to upload a, a, a podcast about it. I don't really know. I think I'm going to do Top Gun Maverick then first kill because Top Gun is fresh on my head. I'm probably going to go actually see it again tomorrow, um, but I'm going to try to write. I'm going to try to finish the Stranger Things script today, but I bet it will not happen. I will probably finish it tomorrow and start recording either tomorrow or Wednesday, and then I will probably will start recording Top Gun next week. And then first guild maybe next week. I don't really know. I'm going to try to do the best I can with this ability while also doing my summer work. Because I have summer work for school. I have math, science, math, science, and ELA. I don't think we have anything for history. Let me double check. Because <clears throat> right now I think I'm going to just like, today for sure, i got to read another chapter of Lord of the Flies. So just, cause that's what I want to do. Um, I'm going to like, I'm going to do all of it, because I have to, and it's due, why are they saying, okay, whatever, I can't say that, that'll dox me, <laughs> um, go to the academics page, let me see, let me click summer work, I have science, I have biology, I have literature, they have a support group, which I'm not doing, and then they have a required math online course, and then I don't have, I don't have to do Navient Directions, AP Research, Senior Resume Assignment, or Latin. Recommended for students taking Latin 2 and 3. <coughs> and there is nothing under the Social Studies category, so. Um, yeah. Yeah, which I don't think it's a lot of work. I don't think so. Like, let's just really quickly get really off topic with this podcast and let me read the instructions for my AP biology class. I'm opening Word. Wow. What? This cuts me off from recording. I'm going to be kind of pissed. Are we still recording? We are still recording. Okay. Oh, where did Word go? Where did it go? Okay. Let's open. I have to join a Google Classroom. All five, okay, so there's only five worksheets are due August 8th at 3.30 p.m. If you have a hard time completing them on Google Classroom, please print the worksheets and turn in a hard copy. So that's why she made them, or he, I don't know my teacher, Megan, Megan, her name is Megan. I, I need to stop saying this stuff. Well, then again, I don't really know if she is my teacher. I just know that she's probably head of the biology department. That's what I do know. Um, that's why she has them due at the end of the day, at 3.30, at the end of the day of the first school year. That makes sense. If I have trouble doing them. I actually kind of love that. Yeah, so I have to do five worksheets and make a Google Classroom. 
And some of them is like review. Like literally all we have to do for math is everyone has to do the same review work. And I don't know how many assignments that is. It's probably going to be like five as well. Like I actually, I'm not going to sign into that because I'm not on my school email right now. And then I'm going to double check my ELA, my English language arts work. But I do believe it is literally just reading, annotating this book and filling out one worksheet. Let me open this document in Word. Students will read one, no one novel and analyze with the accompanying major works data sheet. It is important you annotate as you read. Due date. You should download and save an electronic copy of your MWDS. Be prepared to, be prepared to submit your electronic MWDS to Canvas during the first week of school. Your English teacher will give you instructions for this in class. You may be asked to complete an assignment with your summer reading book, such as discussions and in-class timed writing, turning it into a polished final draft and or a final project. You will be able to use only your MWDS on the in-class writing, not the novel or any other notes. Be completely familiar with the plot, the characters, and the literary devices in your novel. Late work policy. Okay, that's irrelevant in the plagiarism policy. And then they posted... A, a PDF of the book, and it's www.depaulcatholic.org. That's kind of funny to me. Okay, I don't care. Like, flies.pdf. That is funny. No, it is a... How do you annotate this shit? Oh my god. Annotations. How do you, how do, you do that? You probably have to download it, and then write or type on it that's so difficult like it is so much easier to just buy the book and that's what i did then again it's cheaper to use this i understand having to do this but buying the book easier when it comes to annotating and reading in my opinion i cannot read on the screen unless it's like fan fiction on my phone that is a joke well it's not a joke i wish it was <coughs> like i wanted this to be a short episode it's not. But yeah, I have summer work to do. And I, so I'm going to try to balance that with like exercising, eating normally, playing video games, and doing this. And just enjoying my fucking summer. Last summer, I don't know if I'm misremembering it or what, but I loved last summer. Oh my God, did I love last summer. I was, I don't know what I was even doing. Fear Street was out. And that was, that was my peak. I peaked when Fear Street came out. I loved it. I might do an episode on Fear Street in July. Like, I may do an episode, like, July. When if the first Fear Street came out with the second, the last one came out the 16th, the third one came out, the second one came out the night. On, like, July 16th, I will try to, um, this is not in concrete, this is not writing, this is not promised, but if I remember, and if I want to, I may do, like, celebrating one year of Fear Street and, like, basically the impact that had on me, it had on horror, on Netflix, on queer people, on everything. Because I, Fear Street was really good. <laughs> like, it fucking served. And some people dismissed it. Some people said, hey. Some people liked it for the queerness. Some people liked it for this, this, this. And of course, there are issues with it. I'm not going to say there isn't. There's issues with everything. There is no such thing as a perfect piece of art, which is what makes it beautiful. There, um, there are things about it I disagree with. There are things about it I love. There are some things that it says that I personally disagree with when it comes to horror. Like one, Fear Street says it avoided the barrier gaze trope. 
I personally think that killing a gay character in horror is not burying your gaze. I do not think that. It depends how the character is killed. Like, I know what you did last summer. I think some people were saying that she was burying your gaze. But about every single character was gay. There was like four, maybe five queer characters. And this show is going to have a decent body count. So they're going to kill some of those characters. But if that character is being killed first, like just like marking a representation box and then them dying, I would say that's burying your gaze. If they're being killed because of their sexuality, I would say that's homophobic and burying your gaze. But if they're just a good character being treated as any other straight character is in a horror movie, I love that. You know, like that was another thing is I haven't seen these movies, but I think Mad Max Fury or something. I was listening to this podcast, the Dead Meat podcast, and Chelsea, I think, was kind of talking about how she loves that in Mad Max, women are getting treated the same way men get treated in movies, and that they're just fucking cannon fodder. They are getting killed left, right, and center, and she loves that, because men in a lot of horror movies are killed left, right, and center, and they're being killed the exact same way, so it is not necessarily sexist toward women or toward men or whatever, because they're being killed the same way, right? And I love that you know, of just, like, treating straight people and gay people and men and women and everyone in horror movies the exact same way, if they can get killed the exact same way and it not be a, um, a target, not a target, a, um, attack on their identity, you know? I love, I want that, personally. I want gay people to die in movies the same way a straight person would, you know? I want women to die in movies the same way a man would. I want everyone to die in horror movies and it not be an attack on their identity. You know, like, I think women dying in horror movies is great, but if they're dying because they're a woman and they're being attacked because of their gender, that is wrong. I want gay people to die in horror movies, but if they're being attacked because they're gay or their queerness and it is a blatant, it's blatant homophobia, or even if it's not blatant, but it's still homophobia, I don't want that, you know? That, like, that is, so I don't necessarily think Fear Street was, I mean, they didn't kill their gay characters, which is great. I think it was actually great that Sam and Dina both survived. That was amazing, right? It was important for the story they were trying to tell. It would not have landed, it would not have been as satisfying, I would say, if they had died. It would have, it's like, let's turn to the movie Ready or Not. The movie Ready or Not, in the original script, Grace was supposed to die. But it would not have been good if she, it would not have been the same satisfying movie if she had. If she hadn't defeated them and lived, you would not leave that theater like, you would not leave that movie being like, yes, she did it, she survived, she beat these people. You wouldn't have that feeling, you would feel so bummed because you watched her do so much and go through so much to beat these people and she did not beat them. I think Fear Street, if they had died, would have a similar feeling of how the entire movie is about generational trauma and how this rich, straight, white dude has been using the struggles of the poor working class, of these people of color and these these queer people and, you know, these poor people. He has been stepping on them like bugs so he can get powerful. He has literally been killing them. His entire family has been doing this since the 1600s, you know? That's the entire point of that movie. In the third one, and Sarah Fear was just a queer woman who is in love with another woman, and she was punished for that by this man because he realized he could use that to make him more powerful. 
if Sam and Dina had not beaten Nick good, it would have left the impression of like, so these queer teenagers who wanted to, these lesbian teenagers who wanted to beat this like curse that has been this trauma that has been going on for hundreds of years on these people, it would have gave the impression of like, well, the gay people lost. They didn't get their freedom. They didn't get their, they didn't end the curse. It would have been that same dissatisfaction if Grace had died and ready or not. It would not have provided you with that sense of like, of they beat a bad, evil, oppressive force. Same thing in Ready or Not. She beat a bad, evil, oppressive force. If they had not done that, you would not have left that movie feeling satisfied. Even if one of them had lived, you wouldn't feel that way because it's like, it would have been just like Sarah Fear and Hannah Miller. Hannah Miller lived on forever being sad because her lover died. One of them, maybe probably Dina, would live on forever because Sam died or Sam would live on because like just sad because they didn't get to live a happy queer life for the rest of their lives, you know? So I think it's good they survived at the end because it let the movie's message actually stand out. But I think if Your Street was just a regular old horror movie with a regular old gay character or two or three and they survived, it would have been fine, you know? Like, I was also, I remember I was listening to Dead Meat and I think, I think they had this trans woman and she basically said she's okay with trans characters being a horror and okay if they're being dying. If, if they're being dying, if they're dying, then they die in the movies as long as they are not being attacked for their transness and it isn't a blatant attack on trans people. Like, so many movies do that. They either, they villainize them or they get killed because of their gender, right? And I think that that is what I want for every minority or oppressed group is that for them to be treated the exact same way in horror. They can die in horror as long as they are not dying because they're trans or because they're queer or because of this, 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 or that. It doesn't really matter, right? They can still die. They just can't die because of who they are, right? You know, which, of course, I don't know. There's, like, in Jennifer's body, she kills men because she kills men, right? And in, you know, X, they're killing young people because they're young and they wish they were young. To me, though, that is very different, because that movie is making a point it is deliberately doing that to show the like it like Jennifer's body is a rape revenge movie pretty much you know she was sacrificed to the devil so she's gonna just kill men because men are who did that to her right and then in x they wish they were young so they kill young people it's like very different but like i feel like my words could be twisted in the sense of like well we can kill gay people in movies because in Jennifer's body they killed men no, it's different. Men are privileged. Gay people aren't. I feel. I hope if anyone listens to this, they have enough common sense to know that. But maybe they don't, and I need to say it because maybe people might say things for me. I don't really know. It's just that's how I feel about it. Okay, so I've been recording for almost an hour. I'm gonna have to edit all of this and upload it. This was meant to be thirty minutes long. It has turned into an hour because I don't know how to properly stop talking. But I do feel like this does give a decent synopsis of what I want this podcast to be. And how I operate and function as a human. Of I will go on rants about things I enjoy. And that's what I want this podcast to be. Allowing me to explain to you how I feel about media. That's what I want. That was a very, that was a very gross and deep exhale I just had. I want this to be 
exactly what this episode was, but maybe a little more constructed, less tangents, and more, it's more concise and easy to understand and digest. That's my goal with this. And also, I said I might be doing movie commentaries. I need to figure out exactly what a movie commentary track is. It's not just me hitting play. <coughs> it's not just us hitting play at the same time. I do not believe that is what a movie... Com- I really don't know what a movie commentary track is. I just kind of say I would do one because I might. Like, I think movie commentary works best video-wise. But I don't really know how I do audio. Unless it's literally just a review of a movie. It could just be a review of a movie. Maybe I should change my, my bio to movie reviews, not movie commentary. You know, movie analysis. Yeah, so basically my plans for right now are Stranger Things, Top Gun Maverick, First Kill, and possibly a Fear Street thing in the future, and possibly a Last of Us thing. I already mentioned that too. Um, And like right now I'm currently playing Spider-Man Miles Morales. Maybe if that game greatly impacts me, I may fucking make a video on that. I may make a video on Spider-Man. I kind of love Spider-Man. Like everyone loves Spider-Man. But anytime I watch a Spider-Man movie or play a Spider-Man game, I'm like, man, I just think to myself and I'm like, I wish I was Spider-Man, because I do wish I was Spider-Man. It'd be really cool. Anyways, I should end this. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you did, I deeply appreciate it. And I just hope to God my mic recorded and that this audio sounds decent. And if it doesn't, I might kill myself. That's a joke. I shouldn't say that. That's that's wrong. Whatever. Bye. Thank you. Oh, maybe I should say the title. This is the original show. And my name is Abby. Have I said my name is Abby? My name is Abby. And this is the original show. Thank you for listening. Um, And that's it. Bye-bye.